solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is Potter Watch. We're back to somewhat traditional storytelling. <laughs> We just watched, we're fresh, fresh off the third and ultimately final yeah. uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. The Secrets of Dumbledore? The, yeah, I think yeah. so. Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, my notes for this section, I want everyone to know, um, are... Um, fantastic notes and how to write them so <laughs> excellent very excellent also mm-hmm. for uh the pod for the pod I did get a new I got a new child a new baby a new I, one <laughs> I didn't give birth to this child this is a fur baby it's a little pup his name is Mooney so he's on theme of what we're recording right now. If you haven't been listening to our uh, Marauders TV show, you should. Um, but Highly inspired. Mostly, I just wanted to tell you that I got a dog and I named him Mooney. You should post a pic to Insta. I will when he's more calm. He's like stressed. So anytime I try and take a picture of him, he sits in my lap and then I can't take a picture of him. Like he sees me like get up and he's like, that means you want a cuddle. Absolutely. And he's right. I do want a cuddle. He's a really sweet boy. Alex and I just freshly watched the movie together. We yes. didn't record it, but there was a lot of commenting and the pup was yeah. there the whole time. We did a lot of um, Jacob commentary. Yeah. The main note I would say was, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for the ride. Right. Like, I'm on the adventure because I think as a whole, like, my spoiler-free review would be that I feel like this film was made for people that liked the Fantastic Beasts series slash Harry Potter, and they didn't care that it made a lot of sense. They were just like, here you go. We're closing up the story for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they really knew knew that it was going to be the last one but maybe they had a feeling so they left it yeah that tv show thing where it's like it could be the end yeah we don't know if we're gonna get we haven't gotten the call yet right but the fact that they gave jacob and queenie a wedding i feel like they were trying to close up something (laughs) yeah um Like, I had heard a lot of bad reviews, so it was kind of nice going in with, like, really low expectations, and then for us just to be like, we fully understand all of the problems with this franchise, and we're just here to, like, watch the movie. Right, so, like, let's, the elephant in the room, Ezra Miller is a bad person. J.K. Rowling, as you know on this podcast, 
a bad person. Johnny Depp, bad person. <laughs> He's not in this film, but yes, a bad person. His shadow lingers. If you don't want, if you uh, if you want more information about why these people are bad people, we're not going to go into that right now. All you need to know is that Google exists and it is at your disposal. And let me tell you that this series is cursed. There are a lot of canceled individuals in this series. Look, and just accept and writer. move on. Accept and move on. We're accepting and we're moving on. Molly and I did not see this movie in the theaters for said reason. We waited for it to come on HBO Max like so we could that we already paid for so that we could watch it for free we waited for it was convenient in our lives (laughs) yeah we didn't watch it the day it came on hbo max either they're not even really getting our Ooh, they clicked on it right away revenue okay this is when we did it and we watched it and honestly we enjoyed certain parts of it no regrets is all so we're going into this like review and discussion only talking about the material that was presented to us and not about the outside circumstances of the actors producers and writers of the film and I think the other elephant in the room is that it's called the Fantastic Beast series (laughs) (laughs) and what I said to Alex at some point is I think what we are learning is that the fantastic beasts are the humans along the way yeah the humans are the beasts and I think honestly that gives the script a little too much credit (laughs) I'm gonna be honest because I think my overall I guess review of this whole series is that We got really lucky with the first movie that Newt and his creatures really integrated into the main plot of this whole Dumbledore Credence situation. Like they were looking for creatures for any moment in this movie. They're like, oh, there's a dark corner. Let's throw a creature in there. Right. But like once you got past that first movie, the creatures were no longer important. They didn't have a place in the plot. And that goes for a lot of characters within the story, including, unfortunately, Newt and Jacob, who are the two best characters in the story. So like, why is Newt on a secret warrior or mission from Dumbledore? It doesn't really make sense. Dumbledore is a highly connected individual. He could have literally asked anyone to do this. It's fine. But we're not talking about the Also, does Big Daddy D have a weird crush on Newt? We don't know. Yes. I ship it. I shipped it in Crimes of Grindelwald, and I still ship it here. Okay? Newt has too many lovers. There's too many of them. Look, you saw him. Wouldn't you be after him too? I These I really adorable. enjoy Eddie Redmayne's portrayal of Newt. We know Eddie Redmayne has his own checkered past. <laughs> Look, we're I we we're not talking about the actors. I know we just didn't mention him before, so like we recognize it. I'm sorry. Loved him in this. <laughs> That's true. Um, Eddie Redmayne, 
uh, also has his checkered past. He has supported some individuals that we did mention, even as they attack people that they have portrayed before in the past and claimed to be in support Ooh, of really the community. Yeah. But we're not talking about that right now. He is a good actor. That is a, a blanket statement. He's a very talented actor and he plays nude adorably. Someone we loved also, Theseus. His brother. So, so hot. So hot. So cute in this. I love that he's just like, I love my brother. And, that's my and I support him. And, and I, support I'll, I will hold his hand if I have to. If I have to, I will hold his hand. That's what he said <laughs> verbatim. He said that, and then he said, you know, I never met a Black woman I didn't like. <laughs> Speaking of other characters that we felt like we had to include in the movie so we didn't also get called out as racist. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's, deal, let's deal with the behind this. I know we said we were talking about what we were presented with. And, we just can't separate it. But I will say this is what I was presented with. I was presented with the new character, Ollie, who is adorable. Molly knows her. We both know her. We've listened to her podcast, Two Dope Queens. Yeah, Jessica Williams. I'm so excited and proud of her from humble-ish, not really. She's a queen beginnings. Um, she's a, I mean, she does she's one of two dope, dope queens. Yeah. <laughs> one of two dope queens um, has been a huge Harry Potter fan from the beginning. She shares a birthday with Harry Potter and she who must not be named and has developed a friendship as such and has found her way into a Harry Potter series. And before all these shenanigans, honestly, I couldn't be happier for her because right. I mean, her dream. <laughs> before we knew what we know now, like that's like any Harry Potter fan's dream. It's the Ivana Lynch of it all, right? Like. Right. You grew up watching these movies, and if you're a person that is an actor, you want to be a part of it. Like, it's your dream. So I am happy for her, and I actually think uh, she does a really good job with a character that they haven't really developed. Except for one part. Except for one small thing. Who was on dialect? I want to know who was the dialect coach on set. And then I would like to talk to them. I would like to have some words because nobody told her that accent wasn't right. Like, not only was it not right, but like, again, I just hate to keep going back to this, but like, I feel like there's an unsaid racism there with like making the only Black character from the South. It was like, just we weird. understand that it takes place in America, but like, there was also no context. There was no reason for her to be from any specific place because this is a brand new character that we don't even know about. Right. And like, let me tell you, she's from Massachusetts. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's because the... the like Southern. Ilvermorny is... Ilver oh. Is in... Massachusetts. Yeah, but like professors might not be from Massachusetts. Right. But I'm saying like nobody... Like, did they ask her to do that accent is what I'm saying is because it doesn't, it's not necessary because she's from Massachusetts. She could have used like whatever accent she had. I mean, she could be from anywhere. Right. That's like, what I'm saying. She could just have used any, like there's, it's not like, uh, 
Ilver Warney is in Georgia, I guess is what right. I'm Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, honestly, doing a Boston accent would have been more fun. Right. Like we had like fun 20s New York accents and I see where she was trying to go, but it was very odd and it was very weird because we no longer have a lot of like- They're, Oh, everyone's British except for her and Jacob. Right. And Jacob and has an accent from Queens. And Queenie. Yeah, I guess. She really has talk. almost a British accent. Right. She is a very like affected 20s actress, like a 20s, honestly, movie star from that time period, as opposed to like a person. But th- I think that she always had that affected accent. And I think yeah. it really works for her. So I'm not like going- the Southern accent, like honestly, like slowed down the storytelling. Like it, it slowed things down in a way that I don't like. I mean, I grew up on Aaron Sorkin where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like you got to get your dialogue out quick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that like, it was a mistake directionally not to have her change that accent. And I do think it, like you said, like it, it was distracting when watching the movie. <laughs> I will say that. Like immediately when she started talking, I was like, what is this choice? Other than that, loved her. I liked the character that we got. I wish that yeah. we had more introduction to her. Mm-hmm. Like a reason why she was chosen for the team. Like you can spend a little bit of time on that. If this is a pivotal character. It feels to me, and I said this by the end of the movie when we shoehorned uh, Tina and put a pin in that one for later. Um, it feels like they wrote a script and that character, all the things that character does was supposed to be what Tina would have done yeah. in the script. And instead of developing a new character that we could really love and grow, they just put in this new character and said, oh, she teaches at Hogwarts, which is the exact same amount of time we would have given to uh, catch up on where Tina is now, right. as opposed to reintroducing a new character. It was I don't- Tina and Lita as a mix of characters because she's well, also being shipped with Thesis or whatever his name is. Yeah, so that's that's where we need to get back to. So when the love we did, of our lives, when we needed to replace Tina, we were like, "Oh, you know what the people want? You know what those snowflakes that hate J.K. Rowling want? They want more diversity. Let's put in another black actress. We got them. We can't possibly be transphobic now. You know why? Because we have a black actress, which is great. Have a black actress. I'm. Um, it's amazing. I actually love that we had a new Black actress. However, it, you don't get points for introducing a new Black actress if you're not going to give that character the space the, the that she space deserves. That you're giving the other characters. <laughs> uh, second, um, we uh, Joseph Kama, Joseph Kama, whatever his name is from the from Crimes of Grindelwald, his whole plot and motivation of last season last season like it's a tv show so sorry I watch a lot of tv last movie was that he wanted to kill Credence as like revenge for his mother's death and he realized that that baby 
wasn't credence and that that baby died based on what zoe kravitz aka lita lestrange said and so he was kind of basically at the end of that movie like oh my whole life is a lie and it's awkward that i'm even here can so i can I, I just pause for a real quick second you just rewatched the last movie crimes yeah. of Grindelwald. i did i gotta i gotta be honest about a couple of things one i've mostly forgotten the plot of it and two i remember at the end of it i feel like i really lost the thread on the whole there's like five babies they all have different moms and dads and some you of them are related to, to reiterate that for you yeah okay <laughs> okay so I think we'd all appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened. So, because they needed a way to introduce Black people because they didn't exist in the 20s, they decided to have a plot line where a white wizard in like did the um, imperious curse on a Black woman who was married to a black wizard and when he imperiused her he took her and made her his wife we love enslavement of black women as sex symbols it's my favorite thing so then so then um he raped her and produced a child which everyone believed was credence that certainly black baby played right. by Ezra Miller the most now, white <laughs> so and then that woman died tragically wait so did were lita and but lita was a lestrange yes yes so oh so sorry 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 the baby that they had was lita not credence my bad so okay. they had the baby that was lita then the mom dies and the dad but before Sorry, Wait, before she the woman, dies, the woman it had a baby with the man her, she was in love with, lover, her first yeah. husband. They had like a consensual baby that they loved, and that and was that's trauma. Yeah, yes. So then Lita is born, and after Lita is born, so now Yosef and Lita are half siblings, right? Based on this mother, and Lita is a product of rape. So then, and Lita's doing great about it. She's totally fine, super healthy. Yeah, she's not traumatized by that at all. Right. Uh, and so then uh, they have another child. Uh, he, the man who raped Lita's mother, has another child with his new wife. And that child is the baby they believe to be Credence. Right. On and the so Titanic. On the Titanic, yes. <laughs> that I remember. Like that, when you say it like that, it sounds absolutely bonkers. And I think it we, should, we should include that it is in fact the Titanic, which is crazy pants. So then, so then um, Yosef Kama makes it when he gets older and his dad, his black father tells him what happened. Uh, he like promises his dad that he is gonna kill this man's son in revenge for his mother's kidnapping and rape. And so we're like, cool, that's Yosef Kama's literally entire plot in life. Right. He doesn't care about anything else. He's willing to kill 
anyone in his path. Meanwhile, on the Titanic. Meanwhile, on the Titanic. (laughs) So we have Lita and her nanny go on the Titanic and they're wealthy, but somehow they're in the same like servants, like poor quarters as the Dumbledore banished child. So there's another baby that looks that's in similar wrappings as Lita's half-brother. And Lita's like, this baby is loud as fuck. I don't like it. Let me do a little switcheroo so I can get some shut-eye. So (laughs) she takes the baby and switches it with a quiet baby. And then, unbeknownst to Lita, (laughs) the, um, the boat is under attack by an iceberg. <laughs> so, under attack. so they have to escape the boat. And Lita's nanny picks up the baby that Lita switched. And that baby is Credence. And the baby that uh, was Yosef Kama's like revenge baby, the father, like Lita's half brother, he dies is what we were told in a very artistically flourished white cloth right, that like sees and nightmares. So then <laughs> at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, Lita reveals this tale and Yosef Kama's like, oh, so the baby's already dead. Deuces, I'm out. That was all I wanted to do anyway. He hasn't ever made any kind of relationship with Newt or Tina or Queenie or Jacob or any of these people. In fact, he enslaved Newt, not enslaved, he like locked up Newt and Tina because they were standing in his way. And for a lot of the movie acts antagonistically towards them. So for me, a black person watching this film, when I see that Yosef Kama has appeared again and is like, hey buddies, I'm on the Dumbledore team now. Where do I fight? I'm like, so glad to see you, Yosef. Why are you here? <laughs> You're again, no context in, provided. No context is provided for him. And it's annoying because it's so clear AKA like BIM, except not as fun, that they just threw in another black character so they could get diversity points, but they don't care about doing the work to integrate them into the plot. So this is not me complaining that they're putting people of color in the film. It's me complaining that you don't get points unless you're gonna do the work. Right, I- we see through <laughs> what you're doing. And it really brings us to like the, the main question of this story what is the vibe of this train ride? And is this the murder on the Magical Express? So now I, yeah, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think we should go through our notes because that's a perfect segue, Molly. Let's talk about what is the vibe. What is the vibe of this train? I think the phrase, what is the vibe on this train, really is a great overarching note for the whole film. Like, what is the vibe of this film? What is the plot of this film? What are we trying to say with this film? What is the vibe on this train? (laughs) We start with a T scene. (laughs) Yeah. 
between two lovers. You know, I honestly don't know if this scene actually happens or if it's inside Dumbledore's head. Did this really happen or is it all happening inside my head, Dumbledore? <laughs> I feel like feel like she who must not be named uh, intends it this way. Um, it is the most explicit homosexuality um, uh, example of homosexuality that we get in the entire Harry Potter series because in this scene, well, it is the only homosexual scene we get. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm saying, like, in the previous ones, like, we kind of get it, but, like, this is the most explicit one we get. Yeah. And, like, we know who Tonks and Lupin are both queer quoted, but I'm saying explicit. <laughs> well, right, we don't see them with anyone. Other. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, I just have a note about this scene that I said Jude Law is big daddying all over the place. And that's just to say that Jude Law is so sexy as Dumbledore and I can't get over it. Leaking out, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason why every time we do a musical, a radio, a Potterwatch radio hour, I have a Grindelwald and Dumbledore song. Yes. They're just the most like, it's fun heartbreaking. and heartbreaking <laughs> it's heartbreaking and I think actually this movie does a really good job in the limited time that we see those two interact um of showing that I think the new Grindelwald actor is very good and I think he's putting a lot of layers into his feelings for Dumbledore and it's also hard, showing hard. how manipulative he is in regard to Dumbledore in the tea scene Grindelwald is saying, you used to believe in the things that I believed in. And Dumbledore says, I did. No. And then I, I got wise, basically. And Grindelwald's like, but why'd you stay for so long? And then Dumbledore replies, because I was in love with you. Yeah. Which is the little crumb of hope. Us little queer Harry Potter babies are just going to be like, that they're not like dancing around it anymore even in these movies because like even up until this point it's still a little vague and then the other thing I like is that I think Jude Law does a really good job throughout this entire film of showing him dealing with this idea that he like has this like weird blood pact but like it's not just the blood pact that's keeping him from getting to Grindelwald like it is he he does love him no like, and I, Law does a good job yeah no I think you're exactly right and I think that's an amazing performance on Jude Law because it's not written in the material and I've seen a lot of queer people in response to crimes of Grindelwald say that the blood pack sort of lessens the fact that he's in love with Grindelwald because it like makes it so that he can't not fight him because they had a past history right and more that it's just like another because magic of the thing. magic thing yeah and I think Jude Law really like you were saying portrays it like there's multiple things going on there and in fact the blood curse almost even with excuse. the way that it ends is just a an extension of his feelings for Grindelwald, almost like if he had let those feelings go, maybe the blood pact wouldn't have held so much weight. Um, which I, 
really enjoyed. I also like the idea of the blood pact, even though it's not like canon or anything. Like, I think it's a cool magical thing to include. I think I talked about this when we watched the second one. Um, I just think it's a, a cool thing to include and a good reason for us to be like another reason why Dumbledore did wait. And I think it's because he was still in love with him. Like, I think both can be true. I agree. I just like that there that the performance shows that both are true, you know? And yeah, I just, I thought that was really cool. Um, um, and, but I do wonder if it was a pensive memory. Like it does seem like that was something that we were supposed to take as something that did happen, but I wasn't sure when that conversation with um, Grindelwald happened. Because Grindelwald looks the same age. That's the only reason that I was like questioning. Yeah, and dumb. Big Daddy D, <laughs> Jude Law. Yeah, I mean, I would believe that they could sneak off and do this, but like, why? Well, I, I don't understand why, because it's opening the movie that it needed to be a pensive memory as opposed to just like being a scene that happened. Right. Know? Then after that, we get um, the twins being born. Which yeah. We... We know that She Who Must Not Be Named loves a twin core and a twin Quillian. Um, I, <laughs> I heard it as chillin'. Chillin'. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly what I said. They're little, <laughs> they're little like water giraffe years we've been calling him bambi yeah we <laughs> referred to him as bambi the one that survives sorry to the other twin that was rough um but yeah so basically what happens you know if you've seen the film if you <laughs> haven't stop now <laughs> um he uh one that this little giraffe mama gives birth to her baby and then Credence shows up with Franzi Parkinson which is not her real name it's just what I call her because if you listen to our review of the last movie she looks like a French version of Pansy Parkinson and she's the right hand to um Grindelwald so I will he's also hot like there's a yeah. lot of hot actors in really hot. honestly I'm so sorry I every time she's on screen I'm I'm my jaw drops I can't help it it is what it is even though she's so evil <laughs> um uh so Franzi Parkinson and Credence show up and they steal Bambi's twin and we're like oh my god we thought there was only one and then when and they kill the mama the mama deer giraffe and then <laughs> and then newt's mourning the mama and the loss of the baby and then another baby walks up and he says oh my god they were twins now at this point in the film we don't know why they've stolen the child we don't know what they do what's important about them which i think is honestly a flaw in the film i think they do a lot of like things that they leave open-ended and then explain later but it's not in the way that jk rowling did in the books like it's not as expertly done so it just leaves us thinking that there's something wrong with the writing of the movie and not that it's like, like 
the crux of this movie is that Bambi is going to kneel in front of somebody. Then they're going to be the leader of a place. And that is a dumb plot of a film. If you say it like that. Correct. Well, that's exactly it. Right. And that's what we mean by they're trying to make the creatures important in any way that they can. Like this is like we're deciding the whole leader of magical Germany by this one creature who they tell us multiple times <laughs> in this film that this is like a very famous and highly regarded creature in the magical world. And yet we've never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, and like obviously we're not going to because they're making this shit up. But like if you're going to do that, we need a scene at the very beginning of the movie instead of the tea scene as much as I liked it a historical scene showing why this creature is important right like I'm not like buying that all of magical Germany was like oh this that we need this giraffe baby deer baby because um all of uh magical Germany is gonna fall at my feet if they kneel I think what could have been we could have been told that it was a German creature and that that was a culture of magical Germany specifically now that I would have bought like oh this creature is only found in Germany this is like a ritual that happens every like whatever when they need to have a new leader is that the new child born is the one that decides who's going to be their leader it's a little kitschy and weird but that is something that I could buy because we don't have any information about magical Germany already. But instead, the whole wizarding world regards these creatures. And I just feel it was kind of lazy. Okay, I do want to just like address something. So we were under the impression that Grindelwald was trying to become the head of Germany but I'm just I'm just double checking on the Wikipedia and he's actually trying to become in charge of the International Confederation of Wizards and I think currently the German the reigning one the reigning one is the German guy aka Hitler (laughs) and now they're picking a new one and that's why there's like Santos and this other guy. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense because I could not get over the fact that like somebody with the last name of Santos was running for the German ch- chancellor of magic. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes a lot more sense, but it also makes even less sense why now the entire international board of wizardry is letting this decision be made by a dear child they trust the creatures they and really why do. is there only one magic zoologist that anyone knows <laughs> you know and it's newt's commander it's nudie booty it's what they call him hi chicken um i one thing i liked Oh, wait, actually, before I get to that, um, we have Jacob Kowalski enter the scene. He's a really sad boy in his sad bakery pretending to see Queenie. And then we get this weird scene 
where there's some woman who's being sassy to some mean boys and she's like wave your arms around this will be crazy to like lure Jacob out to be like don't do that don't hurt her and then she reveals that she's a witch and she's like that's my cousin she's black and he is white whatever um (laughs) and then she's like I just was doing that as a test to prove that you are worth of this quest. And now we are off to the races onto the choo-choo train. That's, that's just a scene that happened. That's how we meet Lolly, the Southern lady. Look, 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 look. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not? And it's another contrived way of trying to get Jacob into a story that he no longer fits in. Which is just invite Jacob. No one's mad about Jacob. Newt, just call up Jacob. Like we, you don't need to prove yourself. Also, everybody knows that Bambi would have knelt in front of Jacob Kowalski every time. Look, I don't want to talk about it. That's at the end of my notes. We're putting a pin in that because I'm so, I'm so annoyed. But like, what was that scene with Lolly? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. It was a terrible introduction. We could have used all of that ridiculous time to like give her a person, like an actual personality. I, I, oh boy. Like, I would have much rather seen a Jacob Kowalski trying to find a way to save Queenie. And he's like, sticking his nose where it quote-unquote doesn't belong and he meets up with Lolly who is a professor at Ilvermore or whatever and she's like I love your tenacity and I know who you are through Newt or whatever so I'm gonna bring you with me or something you know like right or you're gonna lead me to Newt's commander that's a perfect way to incorporate like it's like that's like screenwriting 101 like you can lead me to new like that's how you get a character that doesn't belong in your plot in your plot I like I just and I'm not saying they had to choose that version there's just a million other versions that weren't let me see if this guy will save me look if you enjoy Alex and I's writing check out our mapping the marauders series please check it out (laughs) we love it (laughs) um um, so, but wait, before, before we even get to that scene, how Newt is rescued from this, like, attempt at murder, like, this kidnapping of the giraffe deer child. Oh, right. Is a platypus dragon bird, which I say, so cool as a creature. Yeah, he's like a hot air balloon. He takes the alive child and Newt and carries them to Hollywood. And the suitcase and the suitcase, and carries them to Hogwarts. No questions asked. I, Alex, I have no follow-up questions. Okay. They're in China also. I just saw that on the Wikipedia. So if you're just wondering distance-wise, China. That platypus, dragon bird, flew newt, and that giraffe baby. And the suitcase. (laughs) From China to Scotland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. 
Well, you know what? This this why does ever need to use a a bird? The bird, the bird, you know, parachute had a choice between choosing what is right and what is easy, and the bird chose what is right. Which is going to be my next note is that's what Newt says to the Chancellor of Germany, Herr Vogel. Herr, I look exactly Vogel. like the new actor they chose to play Grendelwald. Alex so was convinced that it was the same person. She pulled a Molly. I did because I think that is terrible casting. Those men look way too much. They alike. do look really similar. Way I thought it was going to be another Scars guard because there's like five of them. If they looked way, it was so odd. It was so odd and weird and it was very confusing, especially since we, this Grindelwald we hadn't seen before. So, right. But so Newt says, I have a message for you from somebody. He doesn't say who, but we all know it's Big Daddy D. He says, remember to do what is right, not what's easy. And I am a sucker. And I just love it as a reference to Dumbledore saying to Harry, like, it's the difference between choosing what's right and what's easy. I thought it was a little, um, a little on the nose. On the nose. I thought it was a little on the nose, if I'm honest. But it didn't bother me as much as others. I was just like, yes, that is something Dumbledore says. There were a lot of Dumbledore-esque lines throughout the whole movie that I thought were good. I was like, this feels like Dumbledore lines. And I will say, again, uh, Jude Law didn't have one line in this movie that he didn't act his little heart out of, you know? Like, I think all the actors were, like, doing a great job with a script that, like, wasn't very good. Like, I still loved a lot of the performances in this movie honestly coming off of cursed child the the individual lines i thought were good slash fine in this yeah the overall plot i thought was weak but compared to like what we have with cursed child where we're like who who is saying these lines like doesn't make sense like, I think that this movie, even though there's not as many characters that we know from the original series, I was just like, I was never doubting character choices in this movie. And I guess it helps that we don't know the characters as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, I think the only characters we really know are Dumbledore, McGonagall, and okay, Ab- McGonagall's like barely in it. And Abbeforth, <laughs> we didn't love the plot choice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that brings me to my next note. Aberforth. <laughs> hey, buddy. I actually think this this actor is doing a really good impression of the actor that plays Aberforth in the later Harry Potter films. So like, shout out to that guy because his like um, talking beats and his intonation, like the way he's saying yeah. his lines are very much like the old Aberforth. Very unctuous. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of all the mirror stuff that's happening? What do you mean? Like the mirror, like text. Oh, what is that? Like it, it is revealed at some point that it's Credence sending these messages. 
It's like, I'm lonely too. I want to come home. Forgive me. And like, to what end? Absolutely terrible plot. This is another plot thing. It's like the plot is weak. The the dialogue is strong. The plot is weak. I would say the plot is more than weak, but the dialogue is strong. Like, I agree. It feels... And honestly, the dialogue strong, the acting strong, the score is really strong. And I, and I think the like set design is beautiful as always. So it like, I'm happy to watch. Honestly, the set design was just okay. I felt like we were on a backlight the whole time or on CGI. Well, I guess I just meant like, I felt like I was in a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it felt like home. It All of the home. little like streets felt very fake to me, but it wasn't a big deal. Like that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I guess I'm specifically talking about the scenes that were in Hogwarts. I was just happy to be in Hogwarts. Oh yeah. The Hogwarts scenes were nice. I bet they used the same set. Right. Um, which is like stupid, but. <laughs> no, why wouldn't you? So maybe the set design isn't great, but it, either way, I would say like a lot of things surrounding this were good. But the plot is like abysmal. Like when you really yeah. like piece it out, like what is that? Miracle? They were stretching. They had nothing because they have so stupid and it's really terribly integrated into the plot. <laughs> like bad. So basically they have this mirror that keeps like somebody is like doing a lavender brown, like ah! <laughs> and then they're writing secret little messages. And the first time we see it is where Credence is talking with Queenie and is like, are you telling him everything that's in my head? And Queenie's like, I'm telling him something. And Credence is like, you're a traitor. And Queenie's like, well, I'm not telling him everything. Check yourself I know before you. you wreck yourself. You're a traitor. Right. And then um, Credence like looks at his little mirror and it goes, and it has like his little inner thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, is it just his inner thoughts or is Aberforth then sending him messages back? I want to go home can't be a message from Aberforth to Credence. So it has to be from Credence. But the I want to come home is on Aberforth's mirror. That's what I'm saying. The one on, on Credence's mirror says, forgive me, question mark. Oh. That's the first one we see, actually. That is the first one we see. Do we think they're sending them back? And that's weird. That mean, why does Aberforth have that power? I mean, I Aberforth didn't even know it was his son until Dumbledore told him that. I kind of think that Aberforth did know that his son was out there, and Dumbledore is being like, "Look, this is it's your this son. Is where we're at." <laughs> Okay, well, either way, um, the fact that we have this many questions is not good. Right. We, we just watched this film. That should be more clear. Unresolved. Um, I I'm do, sure the fourth movie would have covered this. Uh, I love that. I do like that Queenie is sort of like not telling um, Grindelwald everything and she's aware of her mistakes. Yeah, because um, that was rough at the end of the last movie. Yeah. Um, and then they leave in a book 
our other cast, our Newt. Um, no, that's just um, Jacob and Lolly. Oh, sorry. Jacob and Lolly leave in a book, which we assume is a port key. They, oh, they love they port keys. They in this say movie. later it's a port key. None of these port keys are acting like port keys. They're like nice objects, like ties and books. I don't want to, like, it's so weird. The way that they create the port keys is like not how port, port keys work. It's, it's so odd. I don't know what they were doing with the port keys. It's like we forgot apparition existed, because, but we needed port keys because we were doing international travel. It's fine. We don't know. I, we don't know. And neither do they. Something that really bothered me that I guess is just never going to get resolved is that Grindelwald removes the memory of Lita from her brother. And like, he seems fine. And it's just like moving on with our lives. That seems like the most realistic plot of this film. You know why? Because nothing in the last film led me to believe that he cared about Lita at all. So he was like, you were he just cared about his daddy. Right. You removed Lita from my brain. Great. I didn't know her. She had no effect on my life at all. He's dead now. <laughs> so, so yeah, but that was rough. Because, well, I think that plot does kind of make sense, even though they don't fully flesh it out. It's very weird. It's like they have aspects of like eight different scripts that I feel like they picked parts of, and then they just didn't leave, they didn't have time to put in the stuff that filled out all of those plots. Like, it's clear that Queenie is lying about Theseus, or not Theseus's, uh, uh, whatever Joseph Joseph commas he she's yeah. lying about Joseph comma coming and being so he's clearly coming as a spy for Dumbledore but right. and and Queenie knows that Grindelwald isn't going to accept that he's just there like altruistically so instead of saying he's a spy for Dumbledore, I'm assuming she lies and says, but he blames you for the death of his sister. Like, that. Well, no, I think that's real. She's like, she's using, because she knows she's a bad liar. She's just saying the real things that she knows Grindelwald will agree with. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we're saying but I, don't, but I don't think he really cares all that much about Lita. You know what I'm saying? Like he. I don't know. Contextually, he doesn't, but I think we're being told that he does in this movie. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're supposed to believe that he does. Fine. That's fine. I'll go with it. I just, if he's removing those memories, there should be an impact on what that does to him as a person and how he then makes decisions. Correct. Which is what we're supposed to think happened throughout the rest of the movie when we're thinking that he's on Grindelwald's team, but then he like betrays Grindelwald and we're like, okay, so that had no impact at all. Right. (sighs) Wow, this is so messy. (laughs) Now we're to the comment, what is the vibe on this train? I'm past the train. You're, you're early movie. Oh, you're right. Cause now I'm at do what is right. Not what is easy. 
I'm at the Credence fight. Do you know what it's like to be alone? That's one of the mirror things. Yeah, that's a mirror message. Minerva, look. Oh, yeah. For all of my feelings on McGonagall, please reference our last review because I know I had the exact same note, which is that McGonagall is like not even like born, I don't think, by the last movie. So she would at best be a child in this movie. And instead she's like a woman. (laughs) So we're just like a teacher at Hogwarts. And so I'm moving past it. Anytime she's on screen, I get mad because I think it's stupid. Like, it's just like really lazy plot timing. Like, I don't know why she's there. She doesn't need to be there. She has no significance to the plot. It's badly done fan service. I mean, it was all of like, what, 10 seconds that she was even in this movie? Right. And in last movie, it was also 10 seconds. Yeah, and she's yelling right. at Lita Lestrange for no reason in a non-McGonagall way. Right. At least if you're going to do McGonagall, do her right. And that was worse because it was a flashback. So even earlier. Right. That's what I mean. She wasn't alive. Um, have we already talked about how Credence just looks like young Severus Snape? Or... We, haven't, we haven't brought that up yet, and he does. You're correct. <laughs> so we're just re- retreading same territory. Cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Um, my next note says I still love the creatures, and that is about the um, little crab creature. The lobster. <laughs> the little lobsters. And the cutest brother scene of all time. I was about to say, that leads to, I think, my favorite scene of this film. Which That's is, good, yeah. Which is, in fact, the only scene that feels like it is from the original Fantastic Beast series that we were led to believe yeah. would be watching by the first movie. Very, that's a good point. That is definitely in line with the first movie which I still really like I think the first Fantastic Beast movie is a very good movie and I like that movie I just don't think they like really they didn't like maintain that yeah they didn't know how to do it it needs two separate stories Newt doesn't matter anymore after the first movie and neither does all the characters and the creatures that we love but it's called Fantastic Beasts and we're to find them and you know what we want the Fantastic Beasts but they were like but we have to have like this big epic story so it has to be about Dumbledore and Grindelwald but, but not- also we do want the Dumbledore and Dumbledore right. and Grindelwald story yeah but they don't makes sense in the same story which is why we have terrible plotting like we do right now (laughs) but um that being said this little lobster scene is adorable we get crazy lobsters and um we get a man that I um said reminded me of Frank Rice he did remind me of him but he's like a mean one he's like the guy and head of the German prison and he locks Newt's picket, the bow truckle, and the um, and the what is that creature's name? The Niffler. Yeah, but what is the name? Oh, um, I don't remember the Niffler's name. I can't remember either. But the Niffler, he locks them in a little cage with uh, Newt's wand, and he says go find your brother. 
but and he gives him a the one that looks like your brother right and he gives him a lantern and instead of using a lumos a spell we all know first years know he shakes a little like magical dragonfly and puts it in the lantern because this movie is called fantastic beasts and the secrets of dumbledore we have to use the beast so Newt's walking around with this little lantern, but the lobsters are following them, him, and they don't look nice. So Newt knows that if he mimics their little walk, that they'll follow him. And so he looks like a little model. And then lobster. they'll imitate him. And it's so cute, guys. It's so cute. Then he teaches his brother how to do it after he rescues well, him. A maybe blast ended screw. Maybe. Maybe. TBD. 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 We don't know if it's a... Well, that's another thing is in the first movie, because it was called Fantastic Beasts, we did a lot of explaining about what these creatures were and what their importance are and stuff like that. And that was really the magical thing, right? Because these whole... The whole idea of the Fantastic Beasts book, as it was originally written by J.K. Rowling... (laughs) sorry, she who must not be named, was to expand the world and get us to know a little bit more about the Harry Potter creatures, slash also to raise money for a charity. (laughs) Anyway, um, um, so yeah, we don't know what this creature is, but it has a a pointy pretty scary it has a pointy end it's huge and it does fireballs which reminds me a lot of what blast ended did in the original it has like multiple antennas or something it's very creepy but i did like the creature design i thought it was a cool creature yeah it was very cool um and i did like newt saving his brother and then teaching his brother how to do the little lobster walk as molly said it was freaking cute and to repeat Molly again, Theseus is so hot and adorable. Just like also such a good actor because and and same with um what's his name? Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne's like going all in, like I'm fully committed to doing this lobster thing. And then the the actress playing Theseus is like doing it, but like half ass. And like it it's so simple, but it's like such good acting to show him doing it like half as good as new like I just loved right. it it was so good and it's also good storytelling with their relationship because yeah. I think Ethius is always the one who's like I'm looking out for my weird awkward little brother and like here we are where Newt's rescuing him and like he's like this big fancy the horror, horror. And, yeah you know and he has to like I think the storytelling of them as siblings is really well done and very cute. And before I pictured Theseus as like being kind of a Gryffindor character. And I was like, I don't know if he's a Hufflepuff. Like the Scamanders are supposed to come from this long line of Hufflepuffs. But I actually think they've done a good job of proving to me that he is a Hufflepuff. Because I think at the end of the day, he's loyal to his brother. And we saw, we were introduced to him. He's loyal to the creatures. (laughs) Right. And I'm saying like he was, we were introduced to Theseus as a 
Oh, Theseus is loyal. I'm saying Theseus is loyal to his brother. Like, because we were introduced to Theseus from Newt's perspective as, like, an adversary for, like, the love of his life and stuff like that and always being in his brother's shadow. I think we put that sort of image on Theseus, but it's really good writing to then turn it around by the end of Crimes of Grindelwald and then continue it in this movie where we see that really Theseus is always got Newt's best interest at heart like he's for sure. really trying to like do what is right for his brother which I think is really nice I like their relationship a lot um, um moving along I there's a bit like kind of a big fight with Credence and Dumbledore are you there yes I just have one more thing to say Sorry, this blast-ended fruit is meant to kill these prisoners that are just hanging from Germany. Now, I don't know what she who must not be names trying to say here about um, criminal uh, incarceration, but we've had three different views of what it looks like. So we've had Dementors with the UK and like Azkaban. And then we saw America's death sentence with the like emptying the memory and um, it's basically like um, death row. And now we've seen the German version, which is there's a blast into Scroot in a hole and it's like the Game of Thrones. I want to see the man fly, mummy. <laughs> and they just are prisoners and then they get picked off one by one. It's rough. It's rough. But I do, I do, ha- I just want to be clear that we have seen three of those and I don't know if we're supposed to be taking something from that like if is there's like yeah the justice system is fucked like and I agree I hate to agree with she must not be named but like I agree anyway now I'm ready and now I'm where you are so Dumbledore does like a cool magic thing which I love getting more magic and then showing that Dumbledore is like super clever and powerful with his magic this happens like at least twice in this movie there's a lot of like inception magic happening or like Doctor Strange magic where it's happening inside like the multi-dimension whatever I have questions about that it it I think overall my thing about Dumbledore is that it felt like this is what he does to Harry when Harry dies. Yeah. And I don't know if that's not unintentional. I mean, but the whole experience is different. It's like you actually see the, like the teardrop or like drop of water that they like basically go into. The one with Grindelwald at the end is more like Harry where it's like they're on another plane of existence almost. Right. But both tactics are used in this movie where it's like, we're bringing the fight to another stage. And I think it's actually interesting and good. I, I watch a lot of superhero movies with my husband, Griffin, hashtag Siri Griff. Um, and we talk about this a lot where you're looking at like the real time damage of a fight happening in a location. And I think 
even though this is like magical world, like it was a good way for them to not have to deal with like, oh, the muggles are going to see all this magic happening. Like, I thought it was a good way to get out of that problem. No, I think it's really interesting. But like with everything else in this movie, when we get more magic like that, I want it explained. Like, what the what is the point of doing these movies and expanding the magical world if you're not going to explain it to us? The whole Harry Potter series has always been very clear about explaining to us that the of the magic that we're seeing. See, you know I, for the the water droplet, I don't, I didn't need that magic explained. Like, I felt like I understood what was happening. That he used that as like, um, like they're inside of that. Like, I don't, I guess I just didn't need more of an explanation. The one with the Grindelwald, maybe, but. I think the fact that they're both being used in the same way, but are different. That begs that I need, like, I need some explaining, you know, like, yeah. it, like, how do you use that? Like, if you talk about a pensieve, we know how that works. Like, we don't, sometimes we argue about the intimate details of it, but we know, like, what's happening. We know what a legitimate is. We know, we know those things. That's what makes the Harry Potter world so impressive. Like, it, it, it created its own world. I don't know. I just, like, I guess I'm thinking, like, if I were going to write fan fiction, I would have no idea how to use it. Yeah. I mean, I think if it was written down, it would be better explained. But, like, visually, I felt like I saw what was happening. So I couldn't, like, explain it to somebody else. But I feel like intellectually I knew what was happening on screen. Yeah, Yeah, I knew what was happening. I just didn't understand the magic, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I, I bought it and I went with it. Like, I understood that we were operating on another plane. I just didn't know how we got to that place, like, what right. that was. Um, now, one thing they do explain, and I understood, is that little Bambi giraffe baby can see your soul. And that when you have a good soul, she'll like bow to Jacob. you. Yeah, she'll bow to you like a hippogriff. And then Jacob is eating soup, even though... I've never, I haven't seen him eat the rest of this movie. So the man must be hungry because they're on the run. And he gives half of his soup to this creature that bows to you when you have a pure soul. And so in my head, I say, obviously Jacob has a pure soul and this creature is going to bow to him, pin. Um, also Dumbledore at one point says three points to Hufflepuff. Yes, that's <laughs> three points. What is, and it's after Newt, like, does something huge. Like, no, oh, he just answers a question, I think. No, well, he gets it right, but he, no, yeah. he's, he's rescued his brother. That's what he says three points to Hufflepuff too, because they all come back and Dumbledore, yeah. great job, everybody. <laughs> Thank you all for doing my bidding. <laughs> Three points to Hufflepuff. Um, and then he drops the big old bomb for us. Are we, are we getting to the secrets of Dumbledore? We're getting to the secrets of Dumbledore. Can we say our question at the same time? <laughs> yes. Is, 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 is bomb, bomb a go-go? <laughs> 
if you didn't catch that on Zoom, is his mom a goat? This is the next biggest question after what is the vibe on this train? Alex and I looked at each other via Zoom and Alex said it first, but it was about to tumble out of my mouth. Is his mom a goat? If you're not getting what we're referencing, (laughs) Dumbledore reveals to us that Credence is in fact a Dumbledore and also Aberforth's son. Yeah. No, and the mom is from the village. (laughs) Yeah, she's from the village and she was sent away. We don't know. We don't know. Is this mama goat according to Is this a Narnia situation? <laughs> but according to the original series, um the only people that or the only uh living things that we've ever heard of Aberforth having relations with are implied goat. So I don't know who Credence's mom is, but it's a fair question on our part. Also this is one of those plot points where we're like, we don't really believe that Aberforth would abandon his son, but we will go with it for this plot. Right. Like, what? Questions? I have so many. And okay. then, but like, also, can we talk about it, though? Can we talk about his... Uh, it, uh, it just makes me so mad because he can't have all of this, like righteous anger at Dumbledore Dumbledore for abandoning Ariana when he literally abandoned his son it doesn't make sense and I think it's implied that he does know about the son it's just a mess it's a full mess and yeah it also like devolves into then Albus telling Newt about his childhood and about Ariana and I just feel like this taints Harry finding out about Ariana and stuff and being like Dumbledore never told me and it's like yeah Dumbledore didn't tell a single soul before he died except for Newt Scamander (laughs) well that's the whole thing for me about this with Dumbledore it's similar to the thing with Harry while I was saying like it feels like the same thing Dumbledore did with Harry um going into the different plane this also feels like it ruins so much about Dumbledore's character in the original book because if he can talk this openly about Ariana to Newt at this point there's no way he's still that emotionally hung up in the sixth one when he's drinking the potion and then doesn't tell Harry like this man can't speak those worlds words those this old man is still tortured by it and I feel like this is so adjusted so well adjusted so well adjusted and I feel like him knowing that Ariana is um Ariana is a um Obscurus also alleviates some of Dumbledore's guilt in the abandonment of Ariana you know like I feel like all of it together just takes away the weight of why Dumbledore is so hung up on this right exactly and that really bothered me um I have a question that we can move past really quickly um where's Nagini oh I forgot about her right but like where is she though is she a full snake now is she hanging out with a teenage Voldy what's going on 
totally forgot about that plot in the last oh no teenage Voldy doesn't exist yet so sorry (laughs) Voldemort Um, also not born yeah good cue good cue where's Nagini anyway just thought um but it's fine she didn't really have a character or a voice she was just like another Asian woman that doesn't get to talk and then we wrote out of the script also like yeah we remember from the first series also from the first series this is just a side note but Big Daddy D does not know about the room of requirement canonically. And now he here he is hanging out queen of the party and it's just not right. It's just not correct. My next note, I'm cutting to like towards the end with the suitcases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, my other note is just like, what are all these weird not port key port keys tramps yeah yeah. like what was that thing that they used to get out of hogwarts that's the only thing that i can be like i'm fine with because it's the room of requirement i would believe that the room of requirement would build something that they could then escape hogwarts from but then why wouldn't malfoy have just used that right that's what i'm saying then why do you need the vanishing cabinets why that was such a intricate important part of the sixth book because draco didn't ask for what he needed i think draco asks for exactly what he wants all the time i don't know i feel like he might have some issues with communication well certainly but i i do think he's used to getting what he wants and if he wanted something he would just ask (laughs) um meanwhile everyone's got a suitcase there's this whole like as Jacob says, three Monty thing. And we get the, this is my favorite scene, is like these beautiful callbacks to the first movie. We get the score, we get letters. Like in the first movie, we get a rogue bludger. Like in the second movie, we get the monster book of monsters book. Like in the third movie, like it's just so pure. And like, I love it as like a decoy for like the main plot that's going on. I just- thought that was handled really well and I thought this last scene was exciting even though the whole Bambi kneeling thing is dumb like the lead up to it I was like I'm excited for whatever is happening right now yeah like we were on the edge of our seat who has the real suitcase Bunty was a secret spy we haven't talked about Bunty but I loved Bunty in the second movie and I'm so glad we bought brought her back and I'm so glad that she gets to be this little secret agent woman for Dumbledore I think it's very cute and uh I liked it um I literally woohooed at the end of the movie when she comes in and saves the day I thought it was great she was lovely Um, she looked like a nun it was crazy um uh yeah so in uh in this scene uh we think that the the real case has disintegrated, which I mourned for. And I don't think Newt had a big enough reaction to, because if it was his real case, that's like all of the lives of the endangered creatures he's been saving for his entire career. I thought that was just proving that he didn't have the real case. Yeah, but he didn't think that. We I thought the- that he didn't think that. But maybe you're right, because he doesn't, when he's being questioned about evidence. Yeah. Uh, 
And then he steps in and is like, oh, right. Grindelwald steps into this, like, this is earlier on, steps into this, like, water that makes uh, the other twin come back. come back to life that he like slaughtered early in the movie that was devastating and gruesome um also if you're gonna do that why wait so long to bring it back to life it was weird it was there was just a lot going on you were just carrying around a dead deer for like (laughs) two three days yeah um yeah and then and then Bunty comes in, hero of the day, and is like, I actually got the real case. And this is the real giraffe deer. And the real giraffe deer is like, mm, I don't think so, Grindelwald. You're a nothing. He's like, I see you, Dumby. Big and then, D. He's dead. then he does a sweet kneel at our boy Big Daddy D. And we're Ooh. like, and I'm and I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe Big Daddy D is pure of heart. And again. But is he? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I actually think yes. And again, this would be something that Dumbledore would keep with him. And then it would alleviate some of his guilt about Ariana. Well, I like that it's like him once again rejecting leadership. Because I think that it's about pure heart, but it's like ultimately about leadership. And so it's like, once again, Big Daddy D being like, one, somebody wants me to lead and I'm not yeah. willing to go down that path. So I liked that. But then the second choice. Right. So then Dumbledore, like with the ministry, says, I think there's somebody else that you could kneel for. And I'm sitting here like, it's Jacob. It's Jacob. That way he will remain in the movies forever because a non-magi muggle is going to lead the wizarding world. And Great. can you imagine? That is little wand. That is epic. It was, it was epic. It was truly like, I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is amazing writing. I was so here for it. I was ready for him to kneel for Jacob because to be clear, before this moment, Grindelwald's whole point was that Jacob was a stupid muggle that can't do anything and they were bad for the wizarding world. Right, they built it up. And they tortured Jacob with the Cruciatus curse. And then after he Crucios Jacob, his fake little giraffe deer goes and kneels in front of him so it makes it look like that was the right thing to do so in your brain of script writing you're like clearly what this giraffe deer needs to do is kneel in front of Jacob and prove that muggles are pure of heart and great and Jacob has the utmost of love and respect for the wizarding world and could be really good at bridging the gap between muggles and magical community and instead this giraffe deer goes and kneels in front of this woman that we have literally maybe said one word to in this film who is Santos you know what Santos is Santos is the villain of the twitches movie yikes (laughs) well and then we get another inception fight between Grindelwald and Big Daddy D and the little blood packed breaks and that they do explain that magic which I was glad about and like Credence's reunite with his daddy and yeah because I actually like that part too so Grindelwald at the end of his fight with Dumbledore 
oh no no but right before his fight with Dumbledore tries to kill Credence and then Aberforth and Dumbledore team up together brothers to protect Credence and then Aberforth is like I'm gonna go be a dad and um Dumbledore says I'm gonna go work this out with my ex and then they go fight we'll meet back up in the middle (laughs) right um then they kind of like tie things up because as we said at the beginning we're pretty sure we're getting canceled but we haven't actually gotten the call right so it's unclear whether this is the big Grindelwald no it's not it's not it's clearly not because he survives escapes uh I mean he survives the second one too Dumbledore can't kill him oh yeah but like he operates of his own accord yeah um um, and then we go back to a bakery and we see Jacob Kowalski all dressed up because he's getting married to his love, Queenie. And this is fan service and I don't give a shit. I love every second of it. You know why? Because I love Queenie and I love Jacob and I want Jacob to be happy. And, and we deserve it. it. Yeah, and he didn't get his giraffe meal, so he's certainly going to get his happy ending. (laughs) We Um, earned it, and we deserve it. Right. Um, Yeah, so there, and then Queenie comes in, and she's like, don't look at me. I'm in my gorgeous 20s wedding dress, (laughs) looking absolutely stunning. (laughs) And Newt's there as best man, practicing his best man speech like a little awkward bean. And then Queenie says, are you a little nervous because someone's here? And <laughs> Newt says, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Tina shows up like an angel. Like she's literally like cast in light. And for like- Like probably CGI'd in because apparently she was too busy to help with this movie. Like, where have you been, sis? And she says, hey, Newt. And, like, this whole movie, they've been trying to, like, keep up the fact that they're they're still in, like, love or whatever. Because anytime someone says something about Tina, Newt's like, oh, yeah, she's, like, amazing. Like, she's the best. So, so we get this, like, Tina and Newt scene that's weird out of nowhere. And she's in 0.5 seconds of the movie. I would honestly have rather her not been in it. but um then uh Queenie and Jacob get married and it's really sweet um and who showed up at the wedding together Theseus and Lolly we ship it we ship it and that was the end of the movie for me (laughs) yeah I mean it was like as we said at the beginning, like we were here for the ride. We enjoyed it. And we found fault with it. Do I like it more than Cursed Child? Yes. <laughs> Do I think it is good? No. <laughs> Would I tell other people to watch it? No. Would I tell people to listen to our podcast? I honestly think it would be more fun to listen to this episode if you haven't watched the film. 
So I'm looking up about Tina. Some people are theorizing that she spoke out against JK Rowling and that's why she's not really in this as much. Good for her. Did she though? Do we have that on record? She said, this article says she publicly opposed JK Rowling's view on transgender rights. I guess in a Guardian article or an Instagram story. So did Ezra Miller, but maybe the actress like didn't want to be in it because she was like, I don't want to be a part of, you know. She also like had a baby right before this was being filmed. So some people were theorizing like it was like because of COVID stuff, she just didn't want to do it with the baby I guess which is like totally fair but she was like in another movie that came out around the same time but yeah I but I this I know that this movie got all messed up with filming because of COVID so I feel like it's very genuine that she could have just like not been able to I mean either way makes total sense to me I understand not wanting to be in this because of JK Rowling but it is weird it's weird that she's in it for part a of a little that. bit yeah. right like it is odd I mean they also kind of didn't give her like a good character in the second movie so I mean like you forgot she was even in the second movie that's how bad they treated her character. well I was I think I was thinking about this movie but but yeah, it um, it was weird that they put her in it at all, truly. But we're all glad we've seen it now. And tell us if you really liked it or if you really hated it. And yeah, please tell us all of your thoughts about it because I'd love to hear it. Like, just tell us what the vibe is on the train, you know? <laughs> what is the vibe on that train? <laughs> and that's even... That scene is so weird, though, right? Like, you guys, you you know what scene we're talking about. We felt about. it. We felt it. That scene's so weird. Um, I guess in the meantime, stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, 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 bum. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that was a bad that was a bad uh, southern accent. Oh, Theseus. Charmed, I'm sure. Stay <laughs> magical. <laughs> yeah.